Welcome back to Return to Oz Minute. We're the podcast analyzing the 1985 film Return to Oz. One doctor's office. Are we ever getting out of here? Minute at a time. I'm Tierney Steele. And I'm Mike Carlucci. And today we're going to be talking about Minute 11, which starts with the doctor examining the machine's mouth, showing it to Dorothy. And it ends with me thinking there's a girl in the machine, but there isn't just spoiler. Um, (laughs) This is the minute where we learn a little bit more about how this electric marvel works. We get our official date drop. So we know what time this movie is set in, even though we've been referencing it this whole time. And I kind of have a question right off the bat. The first thing we're seeing is him saying, this is the tongue, which is, I guess, supposed to be very amusing. But my question is, how wrong is he in this minute? Because I'm not a doctor. He's wrong. She's not going to stop thinking about Oz because he electrocutes her. But... But he's saying a blow to the head produced excess currents instead of just saying she's over-imaginative. That's not correct. I don't need to be Sidney McElroy of Sawbones to tell you that that's not what happens. But, I mean, if you apply electricity to the brain, things do happen. So is he not, is he not totally wrong? Well, I mean, this is this is a little bit later, but uh, you know, humans had just started, or eighteen hundreds, humans were playing around with laughing gas and figuring out stuff you could do that would mess you up. Hmm. Uh, in in a medical sense, uh, you know, medicine had moved beyond beyond leeches and bloodletting, and now they were taking a more active role. That's true. That's true. I um, I mentioned Sawbones. That's a podcast that does a comedic look at medical history and mostly the malpractice of medical history. But it's really great uh, because Dr. McElroy, Sydney, is a doctor. So I would feel a lot better if she was telling me these things instead of this creepy doctor He is, this is just what bothers me because he and Aunt Em are like, this is going to help you. This is going to be so great. We're just going to do this scientific thing and you'll feel better. And I'm just like, dude, I mean, even if you don't believe her, she's just over imaginative and having trouble sleeping. There are other things you can do. And I'm also very concerned because the doctor says it's October 1899 and electroshock therapy was not invented until 1938 and it didn't come to the U.S. until a year later. This is wrong. Clearly, he was ahead of his time. Uh, well, and it comes up because it, it, Dorothy asks if it will hurt and his response is to laugh. It's bad. Very bad. Um, I I try to do a little immersion therapy to make myself feel better about this about this movie about this sequence. Um, like I said, 
I mostly caught this movie on TV and I was always very happy if I could turn it on and she was already at Oz and I didn't have to watch any of this. So, whoops, here I am, one minute at a time. Um, so I read Carrie Fisher's book, Shockaholic, which talks all about ECT, which is not actually electroshock therapy, but you get the idea. That's what I'm going to call it. Um, so it was invented in the late 30s, not now, not 1899, as, but here, but she talks a lot about how good it is now, how useful it is, how important it is. But what she says is that Basically, when they started off in the 30s, the reason it got such a horrifying rap, like, reputation, was that they hadn't thought through that if you gave the person sedatives before applying the current, they wouldn't convulse. And so a lot of people got hurt doing it, like, full-on, like, could break a bone from these horrible convulsions. And, you know... Carrie Fisher obviously was not doing that in the 21st century. She took a mild sedative, and so that way it was fine. Um, and she talks a lot about the benefits of it. She talks about how great it is. Shockaholic is kind of a weird book. I wasn't always quite sure on how each chapter related to the one in front of it, but I appreciated her candor, and it made me feel a lot better to know that many people consider this a valuable medical practice. Just not what's happening in this minute. Don't believe any of this nonsense that this doctor is saying. Interesting. I did not. Uh, I did not realize Carrie Fisher was uh, had any experience in that area. Yep. Well, she talks about a lot of different things she had tried, but she says like, "This is what works." But she's also, like I said, she's very casual. She's like. These are the side effects. I'm not a fan of them. Like, you know, like, weight gain is like, no, not not enjoying that. So it was like, okay, I appreciate that you gave, like, a fair portrayal. Like, I didn't feel like you were hiding or trying to play anything up. So it was an interesting read. I want to read more of her writing. I've only read excerpts. So you'll be shocked to hear that her, ha, I just realized what I said. Oh, goodness. You'll be surprised to hear that her books have quite the waiting list at the BPL um, since I share my library system with, like, a million other people. So I'm still on waiting lists for things, but I do want to read more of hers. It, they're, it's a strange read because all of a sudden she's talking about things, and it, it made me realize how little I knew about Carrie Fisher's life. Because she's referencing things with her parents. And I'm just like, oh. Oh! Like, I learned so much about... I, I just knew the names, really. I, and that they were famous. I hadn't really thought through the implications for someone growing up with that. But Shockaholic was a quick read. And it was interesting. And I have been terrified of anything that looks like electroshock therapy since I was a little kid. I kind of wonder if it's because of this movie. Because like I said, I saw this movie before I really have memories. Like, it, I don't remember the first time I saw it. I was so little. Like, it was just there in my brain. And I have a feeling this was maybe a little scarier to me than I was willing to admit as an adult when I said I would do this with you. <laughs> 
I'm on the record of saying this movie never scared me at all at any time. Uh, so, um, uh, E.T. had the opposite effect. Uh, but <sighs> this movie, perfectly fine. And if you haven't seen it before, there is some weird stuff coming. Yeah. I think I always... The stuff later... Even if it scared me, it was the good kind of scare. It was like the haunted house at Halloween. Like, jump scare, which didn't bother me. This bothered me because I was scared of it. But I also think that is part of a bigger... I. Alright. I'm going to throw my grandmother under the bus here. My grandmother had many Whoa. wonderful qualities. But understanding what was appropriate for kids and what wasn't was not her strong suit. And I am absolutely certain that I probably went to her and was like, this is really scary. And what a normal adult would say is, it's just a movie. This is all pretend. And what she told me was, yeah, they used to do that to crazy people. So in my mind, I was just like, oh, oh my God. I, I it, are you saying, like, th this could just happen? <laughs> like... They can just do this to little girls? I don't like that. <laughs> so yeah, for some reason, I was scared of this movie, but on like a completely different plane than most people were complaining about when like BuzzFeed and all those listicles came out and were like, this was the scariest movie ever made. And I was like, no, I'm not scared of Princess Mombi. She's not real. I did, however, grow up and then when see... I did, however, grow up and then see one flew over the cuckoo's nest. And that's scary! <laughs> I'm sorry, I have ranted and taken us down a very un-kid-friendly <laughs> path for this minute. Uh, how about that tongue? <laughs> what, what I like is uh, Dr. Worley's seamless transition from... <laughs> It's a century, a, a new century, the 20th century, a century of electricity. And to underscore his point, he turns on one of many lamps that are in the room. I don't know if the rest are electric or if those are oil lamps. I've always believed they were all electric. I think they are. Not just this one. Uh, but does he just leave that there as part of this speech? Has he, has he rehearsed this? <gasps> oh, I bet he has. And he's like, a century of click electricity oh i mean that's just that puts him over the top by that point all the mrs blues all the mr <laughs> browns anyone else who comes in and their kid encyclopedia yes here to be tortured <laughs> uh well uh, and actually that leads to my perfect question i didn't call her mrs blue but how is Aunt M, like, some sort of scientific progressive? I know Henry saw an ad in the news, or he, Henry was reading an ad in the newspaper for Dr. Worley when we first saw him, but where did this idea come from? I mean, this is cutting-edge science, according to this guy. Okay, so I'm going to just throw this out here. Mm-hmm. Henry's reading the ad in a scrap of paper, right? Yeah. It's not the full newspaper. It's just a piece. And we hear in their conversation that 
and Garnet would lend them the money. Maybe Garnet saw the ad and was like, "Their kid's nuts. Let's send him to the let's send him to the shock doc. He'll get Dorothy back on track. Here, here's an IOU." And this is so much darker if we follow my like she's really Garnet's kid. Bum bum bum. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So so it isn't Aunt M. She's just the one who takes Dorothy. Because Uncle Henry's yes. supposed to still be working on the house. So she can take Dorothy. She's the only one who's free to do it since they've laid off everyone else. Okay, so it's Garnet who's the progressive. Do we think she lives, like, in the big city? Does she maybe live in Cottonwood Falls? No, because I think if if Garnet lived in Cottonwood Falls... Aunt Em would just go spend the night with her? Yeah, she wouldn't need to get back to Henry. Okay. Like, I think... He's not... You know, he's not bedridden. He could take That's care true. of himself for one for one night, I think. Is Garnet back east? She, maybe she's... I mean, she's... She's at least somewhere where there's a newspaper if she sent the <laughs> ad. Like, how, how would... How would they... I mean... They, they wouldn't have had it delivered to their house. Uh, or maybe they did. I don't know. Was newspaper delivery a thing in 1899? Not, not way out in the middle of nowhere where there are no other farm. houses. <laughs> there's no houses. There's no outbuildings. There's no road. Franklin didn't look like it had a thriving, bustling journalism school going on. Yeah. I've got to think the, the paper came from a distance, which... Hey, why not Garnet? Dr. Worley is probably advertising in all the big city papers. Because he's on the cutting edge here. Mm. I don't know how I feel about this. Well, he is really cutting edge, though, because he's almost 40 years too early. So, um, did you know it's Italian? ECT? an Italian doctor that came up with it. That's why I said invented in 38, but didn't come to the U.S. until 39. Which I find weirdly, creepily coincidental since The Wizard of Oz, 1939. Ooh. So you're saying a traveling magician may have brought his act to the United States. And then somehow got his hands on the TARDIS and gave it to this guy in 1899. Duh. One good dog deserves another. <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah, I I think that's, that's all I had for actual notes. I am not feeling this girl's reflection. I'm, there's nothing uncreepy happening to me in this minute, basically. <laughs> Well, the, the reflection is the first time we actually see something that Dorothy may be imagining. Because it, it's dropped in right in the middle of that speech. And you're like, oh, is this, is this the delusion that Anton was talking about? I don't think there's any reason to think that this girl isn't really out in the hall. All right, so... I was like, there's a girl in the machine, but there's not. She's looking through a window and it's reflected in the glass. 
there's no reason to not believe that she's in the hallway looking in. Right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, it's a pretty fancy room. If I were if I were a kid wandering around a fancy house, I might want to look through those windows too. <laughs> there you go. See? Um, I... I see your point in that, like, oh, this is the first possible delusion, but I am so Team Dorothy at this point that I will give her the benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise. That doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> I was I was a little surprised by that. So we will see more of this actress and get to talk about her tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. I had to think about what day it was. <laughs> Sorry, a little, little thrown off, like I said. it's It's been a minute. But I will be back tomorrow. Mike, I'm assuming you will be back tomorrow? Yeah. I mean, I'll check, just check my grandfather clock slash <laughs> electric robot. That'll keep me on, t- on track. Oh, man. Because I was like, Mike, there are electric robot clocks. But a grandfather clock, so it'd be a giant robot. Like, life-size robot electrical clock. I like that much yeah. better. Yeah. I like that much better. All right. Well, our listeners should come back tomorrow, too. If they cannot wait that long for more, where should they go to find us? You can find us on Twitter, at OzMinute. Same with Facebook. Uh, you can look for the Flying Sofa. It's our Facebook Listener Society. Uh, we will lift the velvet rope for you if you just hit the join button. Uh, we are on the internet, the World Wide Web, at returntoozminute.com. Also known as weogtiogpiog.com. That's it, right? Those are all the plugs? Yeah. Here's a little... Oh, and- oh go ahead. Oh. I was going to mention some of the other minute ones because I don't think we've done that. Right? We haven't done that in a while. Go right ahead because I wanted to give a little special surprise to people who were smart and kept listening through the plugs. I know sometimes people stop the episode when they hear us start to say where to find us. So if you've kept listening, congratulations. You tell them some good podcasts to listen to and I'll tell them something fun coming up in future episodes. And, of course, uh, give, a, give a listen to Star Wars Minute, the podcast that started this, started all of this. And there's a lot of great uh, Movie by Minute podcasts on moviesbyminutes.com, including Harry Potter Minute, Indiana Jones Minute, Minutes for Back to the Future, and many, many more. <laughs> oh, Never Ending, never ending Story. Never Thanks Ending Story Minute. Out. Um, if you enjoy the movie Return to Oz, the never-ending story is right in your wheelhouse, and the never-ending minute is breaking down and analyzing the movie, just like we are with this one. Uh, yeah, Movies by Minutes has everything that is currently in production or has already wrapped. And that's the great thing about these podcasts is even if a show is done, like the Back to the Future trilogy is complete, but you can still go and listen to them all now and just follow through. Uh, I have a bunch of podcasts that I just 
I, I don't have room in my schedule right now to listen to, but I have like a to be listened list instead of a to be read list. Um, I really want to check out um, the fifth element it about the fifth element. Uh, just because I've seen that movie enough times, but never really got into it to know any of the details about it. So I think that would be an interesting one to listen to. Um, if you listen to these podcasts, you'll notice that most movies by minute shows have guests on during the week. And I just wanted to let our listeners know that we will have guests when we get to Oz. All our guests are waiting there for you. So... Sorry if you hate listening to just Mike and me. We're going to get through this terrifying Kansas sequence together. Or, well, it's terrifying for me. Not so much for Mike. But when we get to Oz, we will have guests. We will have people that we have made watch Return to Oz. And other Movies by Minutes makers who asked us, Why on earth are you doing this movie? And I said, Well... Come talk on our show. You will find out and you will fall in love with it too. Oh, that's an endorsement. <laughs> I I haven't heard from anyone yet either way. So I think they're saving it for on air. So we will find out together if we've converted anyone else. <laughs> I just almost launched into our sign off from the never ending story. <laughs> I, like, opened my mouth to say it, and then I was like, no, that's wrong. Uh, all right. Our sign-off is Weog. Teog. Peog. Woo. We did, Peog. We did good.